Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to The Doctor's Companion. I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And I'm Scott Corelli, and we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, specifically this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who and our mothership podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, review them specifically on iTunes. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool stuff you feel like sharing, email them to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. And we might read them on our show, this one or the other one. And if you want to start a discussion, add to the comments uh, so everyone can know what you're thinking. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's that. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the underwater menace, which is uh, my first uh, reconstruction episode, reconstructed episode, um, and the first one we've ever talked about on the show. So we might get into talking about what exactly that is. Um, but yeah, it's a second Doctor Patrick Troughton story. And uh, I do, I do like, I do like my Patrick Troughton. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I do like him. Uh, the story, on the other hand, <laughs> was I right? Oh man, <laughs> was that? I'm. Was that a synchronized <laughs> swimming portion? Yeah, the, yeah. It was about ninety okay. seconds. Yeah. It was about okay. Ninety seconds. Yeah. Synchronized swimming. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. Weird choices in this story. Let's just say that. Yep. Really? All right. So, what's uh, what's the background and significance of this? I guess I guess other than this is the first official Jamie is a companion story. Yeah. Well, it's the first official Jamie is a companion story. He was re- introduced in the previous story, The Highlanders. Um, I guess if if nothing else, it's. Probably, I think it's the most famous, uh, not the most famous, but it's the early, it's got the earliest existing Patrick Troughton, and for that matter, Jamie, uh, because episode three exists, and, you know, just a couple months ago, they, uh, the BBC revealed that they have episode two, like it was found. So this becomes the earliest surviving Patrick Troughton episode. Um, not completely intact story, that's Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, so it's got that. It's also one of the two Doctor Who stories on television that addressed Atlantis. Um, <laughs> let's be honest for a minute. Doctor Who should really just stay away from Atlantis because it's just a bad idea. No one, no one can do it right. I'm convinced. No one can do it right. I'm, um, I'm not convinced. <laughs> well, I've yet to see a good Atlantis story, and Pertwee tries. To, they, the Pertwee era tries to do Atlantis, and it just 
fails miserably, in well, my opinion. It does. <laughs> so, so we'll see. But uh, whew, this is not a good example. In fact, this is widely considered the worst second Doctor story and one of the worst stories of all time. I actually really like this story on a from a. It's so awful. It's actually really enjoyable. Like I was watching it this morning on the couch and uh, before my before Cassandra woke up and Cassandra came out and Cassandra had seen it once and she hates this story. And when she was out and we were watching, I was just cackling because it's just it doesn't make any sense at all. Like it's all over the place. Um, yep. <laughs> synchronized swimming with fish people for ninety seconds. It's literally a ninety <clears throat> second thing where the sh- the story grinds to a screw. Reaching halt and just gets weird. It's <laughs> weird. Um, so uh, there's that. It's also the first and only story written by Jeffrey Orm, who apparently was a classic television series writer, and it's directed by Julia Smith, and it's also her only story, which I guess makes sense. Um. So so that's that's really where it is. It's still early days. It's also Ben and Polly, who we recently talked about in uh, the War Machines a while back. Um, and they, I think, suffer the most, if for no other reason than because they're the ones who have the most of their episodes missing in terms of everything. Like the only like fifteen or sixteen of their episodes survive out of like almost forty something that they did. Like it's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, yeah, that's the underwater menace. And we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Uh, and before we do, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Batman the Black Mirror by Scott Snyder, Jock, and Francesco Francavilla. This book is available for only seventeen ninety nine, which is forty percent off the suggested retail price of twenty nine ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades dot com. Uh, it should be noted that uh, Batman: The Black Mirror already on its second printing because the first printing sold out. Wow, that's how good this story is. Wow, that's should, pretty rad. People should go get it. They really should. It's 11 issues. <laughs> for $18. Yeah, not 11 bad. issues for $18. That's not bad at all. Also, <clears throat> did you did you see that freaking Vampire... American Vampire Volume 3 is going to be 12 issues? Ugh. I need to buy that right I now. want it. I yeah. want it. I do. Yeah. I want all the yeah. Scott Snyder. <laughs> all of the Scott Snyder. I have his book of short stories, but I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. I, I'm I'm tempted even to get Iron Man Noir, which he wrote. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's how that's how much I want all the Scott Snyder. <laughs> uh so anyway, that brings us to part one of the Underwater Menace. I think this is a good place to explain to everyone what a reconstructed story is. Okay. Well, a reconstructed story is a story that is missing from the BBC archives. Uh, After the 70s, the BBC thought that no one was ever going to watch any of their material again. So in order to save money on videotapes, they wiped the original tape that held the story and reused reused the tape for other things. So basically just recorded over it, as I'm sure anyone who's over the age of, you know, maybe 21 has done in their previous life with VHS. Um... So uh, the BBC basically wiped all those tapes, so a bunch of Doctor Who stories just don't exist. The bunch of episodes are just gone. Uh, but we have sur- surviving uh, audio 
footage of it. Like, so all of the stories exist in an audio format of just the audio. So you can listen to them like radio plays. Um, and so what this one company did back at the, back in the mid to late nineties called loose cannon, they came in and just reconstructed all the stories, took existing telesnaps, which was basically just someone sat in front of a television and just every 30 seconds took a picture of the television screen just to (laughs) have like a photo, uh, documentation of what happened on screen, which is kind of weird. Um, and loose cannon took those photos and did a, a reconstruction of the episode extrapolating what it looked like based on these photos and applying the soundtrack to it so it gave like a it gives you like you know a visual audio play sort of feeling to it like a slideshow um it's <laughs> i'll be honest with you they're hard to deal with i've been watching a lot of them lately because i'm trying to finish doctor who uh they're they're sometimes hard to deal with some stories have less footage than others. The Troughton era actually has a lot of good telesnaps, but stuff like Galaxy 4 and The Massacre, they didn't take telesnaps for those, so it's it's much harder to um, to extrapolate what they look like. But uh, here, you know, you get a pretty good idea of what this story looked like. Um, and the ones that we were watching, we watched um, these people... Uh, took the loose cannon ones, which had like a scrolling narration on the bottom. They basically stripped out the major stripped out the soundtrack replaced it with a narrated soundtrack so you didn't have to read the scroll on the bottom of the screen upload it like increased the v- picture quality and made them you know easier to look at um so that's that's what we're looking at and it makes it easier the narration really helps i think um so that's that's basically what we're watching we're gonna watch a lot more moving forward but this is like our first experience with them so uh scott how did how did it treat you this new experience um, it wasn't as bad as I imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did find myself zoning out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to keep focused. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it's, yeah. it's also like, it, they require a lot more concentration than your typical just watching experience. Cause we're so used to like getting both the audio and the visual. Like you have to really imagine what the visual looks like, which is much more draining i find like after i watch like a six-part reconstruction i just find myself really drained Mm -hmm. um so we'll see we'll see how they go moving forward this is not as bad because it has a nice episode in the middle and you know eventually it's going to have two episodes in the middle which is going to be pretty fun but uh right now this is what we have which is and the craziest thing is as as not good as this story is i'm going to want to watch episode two when i can see it yeah. Well, episode two is like, I mean, I said before, like, if you're going to find one episode of this story, episode two is the one to find. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's, it's just a stronger episode. And it actually like the story just gets more and more crazy leading up to episode three. And it'll be nice to see episode two and see Professor Zaroff say the word, it will be magnificent. Because, <laughs> because that's like my favorite line reading of just about anything. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it when it comes out uh, because I just I can't wait to see it, uh, and it'll be cool to look at. So there you go. Uh, all right. So episode one begins with uh, Ben and Polly and the Doctor explaining to Jamie what this business with the blue box is, uh, and he's confused and not. And thinking they're all like just messing with him, basically. <laughs> um, 
So the doctor, you know, sets his coordinates to whatever, and then, <laughs> as he does, uh, and then uh, they arrive on a on a rocky cliff face, and they're walking around, and they go into some rocks, and then somebody steals Polly. <laughs> That's basically what happens for the first ten minutes of the story. Yeah, not much. Not yeah, much. somebody steals Polly. She screams. Ben, uh, ben and Jamie come running to go find her, and 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 then there you go. They get captured, and then the doctor's randomly captured as well. Mm-hmm. And they're taken down into the underwater city of Atlantis, which is apparently just hanging out under the world. And uh, yep, there <laughs> everyone's tied up. They're offered as sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they look dang. like they look like aquatic Aztecs. Yeah, yeah, the Atlanteans. Right. They look like mm-hmm. aquatic Aztecs. And they have the most awesome headdresses. I want one because mm-hmm. they're like they're just like explosions of like banana leaves on your head. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> except for Zaroff. Except for except for Zaroff, who's just wearing a white mad scientist smock <laughs> and, and sometimes and a, a cape and sometimes a cape. <laughs> not um, not two. No, these are not two separate things, mind you. The cape right. is in addition to the smock. Yeah. <laughs> wearing like, a, a mad scientist smock with a cape. Yeah. It's not a it's not a great smock. I'll be honest with you. I look at it and I'm like, ugh. Someone dropped the ball a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um so they're offered up as as sacrifices. They're gonna be fed to some sharks who just randomly happen to hang out in this you know, like they're being sacrificed in the temple, uh, under the statue Ondo, which I guess is the the fish goddess who pr- protects over Atlantis or something. And um, the doctor's like, no, wait, wait. And he scribbles down a note and says, give this to Professor Zaroff because <laughs> somehow knows who Professor Zaroff is. Zaroff gets the note just and just and, and freaks out just like, what is going on? The, the note is signed. Doctor, Save me. Dr. W. That's yeah, Dr. W. And Zoff loses his mind. Well, not not really, but I mean, he's he's already pretty gone, far gone. But um, he he loses his mind, runs into the temple, and just says, "Stop the sacrifice! I'm not having any of this." Everyone, uh, you boys. So he's talking to Ben and Jamie. Go off into the mines and go mine things. And Polly, you go off with these scientists. And Doctor, you come here and you talk to me. And the doctor's like, "Hello." And Zoff like. You'd think that, like, Dr. W means something to Zaroff, but Zaroff literally just goes, who are you? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely no idea who the doctor is. And the doctor just, <laughs> the doctor just goes, well, you wouldn't want to kill me because I've got a great scientific brain. And Zaroff's like, I guess you're right. Um, it's, it's weird because Zaroff doesn't know this guy. Um, and then uh, ben, and, ben and Jamie are sent to the mines. They start mining i guess and then polly is shown these weird looking fish people who are really weird and fish looking <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about them more them more in like about 20 minutes um and then everyone's just like well isn't this nice aren't you really glad you're being converted and polly's like wait a minute what the frack and they're just like yeah you're being turned into a fish person and Paul is like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. And we end on this cliffhanger, of, like this really kind of creepy cliffhanger of her being strapped down to a table and about to be 
like transformed into like a fish person. And it's it's a little weird. Yep. <laughs> it's actually it's actually funny. That's one of the sections that survives because what happened is like despite the fact that the BBC um destroyed all these clippings, the the clip of Polly st- is still around because when various places when it, the bbc shipped it out to various places like australia or pbs the pbs in australia like censored the scary parts and tossed them aside and so when they returned the original uh copies to be destroyed those sections weren't in them so those sections always survive which is like really funny that all the good bits of the story survived but the the rest of it didn't so like that's why that clip kind of survives and that always happens in like all these stories you always see like the random stuff that's been censored just inserted randomly wow interesting yeah 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 it's it you see it in um the best scene in uh Fury from the Deep, which I just watched, is a censor clip, and it's like one of the most scary things I've ever seen. So, um, like, so like that clip when when all of the all of the Atlanteans are coming out of that doorway. Oh, randomly, no, like the little kid with the fish mask is like leading. No, I, them. I think that's um that's just a repeat. Like what what the reconstructors will do is they'll take other snippets from the rest of the story and then just insert it in nondescript nondescriptly whenever. They can squeeze that sort of in where it doesn't disrupt the narrative too much. Oh. So, yeah, they'll do that also, which I, I appreciate. But it also makes you like when you're watching it, makes you like jump to attention a little bit and then malaise back while you. <laughs> yep. It, it instantly loses you again. Um. <laughs> so, so we come back. The doctor randomly decides or he finds out that Polly's about to be converted he's like stop them stop them and this woman randomly runs in and manages to stop them uh by saying wait 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 and while this is going on the doctor talks to Zaroff and manages to disrupt some of the electricity long enough for the uh, surgeons to be like wait a minute we can't do this in the dark we gotta go fix everything and make sure that it's working okay so that we aren't messing up the surgery so they go to talk to Zaroff, and Zaroff's like, you guys are idiots, I'm fixing it right now, and in the confusion of the moment, Polly manages to escape uh, with this random chick into God knows where. Um, <laughs> it's here that Zaroff basically turns to the doctor and says, okay, well, here's what I'm trying to do, and the doctor's like, I don't know if this sounds like a, I don't know what you're doing, and Zaroff says, this is what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to raise Atlantis from the sea, which is a, it's a noble goal. I mean, Atlantis has been sunk for a while, so Zaroff is like, I'm going to raise Atlantis from the sea. And the do- <laughs> and so the doctor's like, okay, well, how are you going to do this? And <laughs> Zaroff goes, I'm drilling into the Earth's crust because then I can literally just lower the Earth's water <laughs> by having all of the water drained into the, into the Earth's core and mantle. And the doctor's like, wait, 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 if you do that, you're actually going to, like, blow up the Earth <laughs> <laughs> By literally cracking it like an egg, and Zoff's like, "It will be magnificent." Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best moment, and like it's here that you suddenly realize that the story actually has no idea what it's doing. In the um, in the novelization of this story, there was actually a, a, a brief little bit where they explain that Zaroff 
lost his mind because his wife and children were killed in an automobile accident. Um, so it's not quite so, oh my god, he just wants to blow up the world simply because he wants to blow up the world. Then again, uh, I kind of like it not because it just makes the story crazier because Zarf literally wants to blow up the world because he feels like blowing up the world. Um, so that happens. Um, yeah, he's, um, he's like the worst kind of villain because he's just, he's just mustache twirly. He really is. And there's no, like, motivation for anything he's doing. He's he has just, no goals. Yeah. None. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be a bad guy, you might as well just, like, come up with some plans or set some set some life goals or something. Uh, you know, learn to play the piano before you blow up the world. But Zaroff, Zaroff has no interest in that. He only wants to feed his pet octopus, which, by the way, <laughs> biggest waste of octopus I've ever seen in my life. I Ever. I was like, I was like, oh, there's a shotgun on the mantle. <laughs> And it's going to stay there. <laughs> and it did. Yep. <laughs> and it was never used. He's like, Zaroff, I've heard him called the world's worst Bond villain. If, like, last week, uh, Julian Glover and Count Scarleone was, like, the best Bond villain, this is the opposite. Because... Yep. <laughs> he just has a pet octopus. And he doesn't use it. Like, he just used it to say... I'm gonna I'm gonna feed you to my pet octopus, and then there's just a shot of the octopus. It's not even like a giant octopus or a demon octopus. It's just a you know a little octopus just hanging out in whatever it is. Oh, in its little boy. glass cage. Oh, this story is bad. Um, <laughs> so the doctor's like, okay, well Zaroff's crazy, and I'm not gonna beat him, and I'm not gonna win any arguments with him, so I'm just gonna go try and beat him. So he leaves. We cut back to Jamie and Ben, who basically go, well, f this, let's just not mine, and they leave. Um, and uh, they go and meet Polly, and they meet her behind the statue of the fish goddess, and the doctor, uh, and they just kind of hang out there for a while. The doctor meets up with and Amdo, who's the high priest of Atlantis, who doesn't really like Professor Zaroff, and the doctor's just like, hey, uh, you don't like Zaroff, you want to team up and take him down? And Amdo's like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and Amdo! <laughs> yeah, Am- I'll do that. <laughs> I'm down, I'm in, sure. That sounds like fun. Uh Amdo's funny, and I don't know if you noticed this, but Amdo's funny because the actor, uh, Amdo, uh, or not Amdo, that's the goddess, Ramo, his name's Ramo, Ramo's played by Tom Watson, and no slam against Tom Watson, because I think he does a good job here, but Tom Watson's funny because he is the scrawniest dude with the biggest head I've seen on Doctor Who ever, because, <laughs> like, he looks like he has a bobblehead, like, a little bit, just a little bit, I can and, see like, it, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny, you expect him to be like, you know, the high priest to be like some big hulking guy, and no, it's just like some scrawny dude who runs around shirtless all the time, with he has a big square jaw and stuff. It's, uh, it's a little weird. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the doctor's like, we have to stop Zaroff, and <laughs> he goes to the, him and, him and, uh, him and Ramo go to the, uh, the, the mayor of Atlantis, I guess it is, and, uh, they're just like, hey, you can't team up with Zaroff, because Zaroff's trying to blow up the world for no reason, and Atlantis. Um, he does, we can't let him do this. <laughs> the, the, the emperor, the, the mayor of Atlantis just goes, nah, he seems like a good guy. 
<laughs> hey, Zoff, what do you think? And Zoff just marches in and just goes, Sup, guys, I'm putting you under arrest. <laughs> and and we end on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Uh, so, I mean, the doctor literally is just like, Look, this is what's going to happen if you let him do his thing. And the mayor of Atlantis is like, whoa, that's messed up. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And the mayor's just like, "Ah, I'm sure he's fine. (laughs) He's like, no, no one's that crazy. And then, you know, Zaroff is, you know, really that crazy. So then we get so much crazier. It, it, oh, oh! We're just getting started because episode three is—I mean, it's the—it's the only episode that's commercially available right now from this story. This is easily one of the campiest, craziest episodes of Doctor Who I have ever seen in my life. It is, yeah. <laughs> it it like sucker punched me. I was kind of expecting it, and I was just like, "Yeah, this story's not so bad." And then I watched episode three, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> Everybody calm down for a second. Because uh, we come back. Uh, the Doctor and... and uh, Oh, God, what's the other person's name? Ramo. The Doctor and Ramo are carted away by the, I guess, other High Priest, who's this big fat guy. And um, they're, they're brought to the statue of An- Amdo to be executed. And Ben and Polly, who are behind the statue of, Ram- of Amdo, basically... Use Amdo's voice as like a puppet. Like they just go, I am Amdo. Let these bow before me. And everyone bows. The doctor's like, wait a minute. I know that voice. And realizes and sees Ben and Polly go, hey, come up. Come back here. And he goes, oh, I'm going to run for it. And so he grabs Ramo and they, they run behind the statue. <laughs> and then they Ben and Polly stop pretending they're Amdo. And all, all the people get up and they're just like, they took him from us. It's a miracle. And they just <laughs> assume it's all okay. <laughs> because because that's what you do. And, I mean, thank God someone called him on it. Because the, the priest dude runs back to Zaroff and goes, it's been taken care of. And, and, and Zaroff's like, are they dead? Where are their bodies? And, and the guy's like, don't worry about it. Amdo took him. And Zaroff's just like, F Amdo, where are their bodies? It's like, no, they disappeared. And Zaroff's like, you're an idiot. Uh, and it's like we need to find the doctor meanwhile the doctor randomly knows all of this information that I had no idea he knew including one that the fish people you remember the fish people the fish people farm the food for Atlantis and Atlantis has never discovered spices or refrigeration or freezing to keep your food going and like i mean you know what's the standard rate like if you left a slice of bread out on the you know on the kitchen counter for like you know two or three days it'd go bad it'd go bad that's what food does well (laughs) apparently atlantean food spoils within a few hours which is not good (laughs) that's not here here's 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 a hint for the atlanteans (laughs) you're right underneath a whole world of food. <laughs> Why do you have to eat the crazy fish people's food? <laughs> I don't know. 
Why did they have to eat that food? They especially they went. Especially, they handpicked Polly, Ben, the doctor, and Jamie. They all went out. Do they not? Have they never gone exploring out there to see if there's food? Or they just walk five feet, assume it's all rock, and go back to home. <laughs> no idea. But it's also like the question: like you want to raise Atlantis from the sea? Fine. Is it really that worth it? Just put all your stuff in like a U-Haul and just get out of there. Yeah. It's not worth it. Because it's it's honestly, what I've seen of Atlantis, not that impressive. No, not really. It's a lot of, it's, it's very undeveloped. For yeah. being around for millions of years, it is very undeveloped. <laughs> um, so, so the doctor's like, okay, well, their food spoils in a few hours. So let's get the fish people to rebel because... <laughs> we need to give them we need to have safe labor laws and all that sort of stuff like the doctor you know pro labor and so he sends off these random two miners to go sow sedition amongst the Atlanteans and while this is going on the doctor says this is like my favorite thing in the whole goddamn world the doctor says alright we gotta lure Zaroff out of hiding so that he doesn't find a way to keep the food warm so we're gonna I'm gonna lure him out using myself as bait and then we're going to capture him, okay? And everyone's like, all right. So Ben, ben and Jamie, how do Ben and Jamie dress up to go in disguise? They dress up like Atlantean guards. Makes sense. Polly dresses up like a, I, I guess, an Atlantean stripper. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what she dresses up like. And, you know, they have this friend who also is an Atlantean stripper. <laughs> what does the doctor dress up like? Okay, the doctor keeps his suit, you know, his you know, baggy jacket, pants, and the crumpled bow tie and stuff. And he puts on a cape, and he puts on a do-rag, and he puts on some sunglasses, and pretends he's a hobo in the Atlantean market. It's like... Like a hobo gypsy. Because <laughs> yeah. he's got... He's got the little... He's got the little board that he's carrying around <laughs> with instruments on it. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and, he, and, and whenever he wants to look, <laughs> whenever he wants to, wants to look like, uh, like he wants to blend in or whatever, like he just <laughs> looks down and then just hits his tambourine. <laughs> and whenever he wants to, like you know, blend in, also he also plays his recorder from presumably some change, some change, like he's a homeless dude. Yep. And I'm going to be honest, I mean, I texted you this. This is hands down one of my favorite outfits in anything. Like, this is right up there with John Pertwee as the milkman in uh, Green Death, in my <laughs> opinion. Because it's, like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Where did he get those sunglasses? Where did he get that do-rag? Like, it's literally a do-rag. It's, I think, I think, I think... As a continuity nerd, I think those sunglasses are the same ones that Matt Smith wears in the the uh, Silurian two parter. Yeah, the Silurian two parter. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. I think it's the same yeah. ones. <laughs> that's probably where Matt Smith got it. He saw this and he's like, "I'm gonna do this." Not the do rag. Although I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Smith in a do rag. I really I, wouldn't. I would only because I do not want to hear the words uttered. I wear a do rag now. Do rags are cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to. You know what? I actually no. Now now challenge accepted because I really because you know. Since the Fez thing, Fezes have exploded as an institution, and since Stetson Stetsons have exploded as an institution, I want to see if they can bring the do rag back. Like, if if <laughs> Doctor Who can bring the do rag back, then we've know we've made it as a pop culture <laughs> phenomenon. Because <laughs> you just, I just I just want to see kids at school just wearing do rags. Dude, That's all I want, dude, please, please. Well, I've said it before, okay. I've said it before. If you were to cosplay as a doctor, you would have to cosplay as Troughton. Yeah. Please, if you cosplay as Troughton, be this Troughton. I will. No, It'll be I'll the most to... insular reference in the history of cosplay. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I was Patrick Troughton in episode three of The Underwater Menace. <laughs> Like, not even, it's not even that the costume even exists anymore. Like, it's literally just in, like, two scenes in this story. Yeah. Two scenes. In the whole, and it's, like, it's made such a lasting impression on me. That it's just a little tray thing. of instruments. <laughs> How did he and set everyone, up shop? And then we'll know, we'll know the brilliance of the Doctor in this moment when everyone at the con just assumes you're homeless and starts giving you money. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm doing this. We'll <laughs> be like, oh my god, it was, it was a genius! <laughs> it's just a money-grabbing scheme. <laughs> um, <laughs> my question, where did where did Troughton get this space? Because this is some primo real estate in terms of the market. Did he have to, like, camp out? Like, was it like a flea market situation where he had to get there at, like, 2 in the morning to get that spot? Is that what happened? <laughs> Has he just been, like, hanging out in the market by himself since then? No, like, that's where he got the costume. He killed the man that wore it before. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, God, I love this costume. It's seriously my favorite thing, if for no other reason than because, like, you literally cut away, and then, like, you cut from the doctor, like, I have an idea. And then you cut to this mad market area, and the doctor's already there. He's set up shop. He's probably been there for a while because he's pretty comfortable looking. And it's just... <laughs> he's just hanging out. Like, this cannot be the most efficient way to do anything. It's... Oh and the thing God. I love about this scene is it tries so hard, so hard to be like a Mission Impossible level of intrigue. <laughs> Like the camera follow, like going around, and then like all, all of the people like silently giving each other like the nod, you know. <laughs> like Echo Falcon is in place. Echo Falcon is in place. Right, right. But the signal for everyone to do whatever they're gonna do is just Trouton hitting his tambourine, <laughs> like he's blind. Seriously, he absent he absentmindedly hits that tambourine like a monkey would. <laughs> like if you gave a monkey a tambourine, that's what they would look like. Yeah, it's a that's a that's a fun, right. It's I don't know. This is my favorite thing about this story. <laughs> Because it's so insane. So we get a bunch of market shenanigans. Polly they they hide Polly by stuffing her in a carpet. Um, and she almost someone gets, random- she almost gets stabbed. 
buy a trident. Don't worry, the the real stabbing is coming up. In the yeah. <laughs> Um, Which is sensational. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best. It is the best stabbing I've ever seen in Doctor Who in my life. It is incredible. Um, it's not just a stabbing. It's an impaling is what I imagined in my mind. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. We'll get there in a second. Um, <laughs> so then Zaroff shows up in the marketplace wearing his cloak and like looking for the doctor why he thinks the doctor will be here is beyond me how he doesn't recognize ben and jamie i don't know um how he doesn't recognize polly i don't know and then we get this mad runaround whereas the doctor basically goes you who's are off and just runs from guards <laughs> and it's just it is insane it is the most ridiculously insane thing i've seen like it, it's one of the most insane things i've ever seen in doctor who almost as like, insane as when he runs down the hall, run, runs down this cave hall, which is just yeah. a one-way hall, okay? <laughs> just a one-way, it's just a hall. There's no other halls, there's no rooms, there's just, it's just literally he walks out of the marketplace, down a hall, and that's it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Zaroff, with his, with his goons... Walk Specifically, into the- Jamie what? and Ben. Like he doesn't realize that Jamie and Ben are walking literally like with him to go capture the doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he walks up, and there's this guy that was sitting at the entrance to the hall that the doctor passed by, and they're just like, "Which way did he go?" <laughs> and it's like, if you want to keep. Keep going if you want to complete that sentence. What you're actually asking is, which way did he go? Forward or behind us? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> which, which way did he go? <laughs> and that's not even, I, I forgot about that. That's uh. literally Polly. Polly is literally the one pointing out which way to go. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which which way did he go? <laughs> so. funny, funny thing. All of this would have been over if she would have just pointed in the other direction. And they all went, they all went after the doctor and he went back into the marketplace. Yeah. Looking for the doctor. The story could have ended with part three. Yeah, it really... It, it's pretty... It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, Zaroff, Ben, and Jamie chase the Doctor and Ramo back into the temple. Because, you know, it's Doctor Who. There's only, like, four sets. Um, and Zaroff's like, aha, I have you. And he gets surrounded by Ben and Polly, Jamie, the Doctor, and Ramo. And he's like, oh, well, you haven't stopped me yet. Um, and the doctor's like, well, this is, this is really good. Congratulations, team. I wonder how everyone else is doing. (laughs) we We get the two minor people, like the minors from earlier. They meet up with the fish people who are in some pool and they say, hey guys, uh, why don't you get some real workers rights, bra, 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 picket, picket, strike law. And... The fish people go, yeah, that's a good idea. And, pre- and the story literally proceeds to stop 
for 90 seconds as we watch people in fish costumes on wires swimming around for a minute and a half. I'm not joking. Yep. And I'm YouTubing it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's it's out of this world. It's out of this world. Uh, it looks like something out of like like a silent film from the 20s. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just, it's not even, there's not even sound. There's just music yeah. while we watch people do this. <laughs> thank God. Thank God this was the episode that stayed intact. Right, right. This is If, if you're going to have one episode of the Underwater Minutes, this is the one to have. Because could you imagine the narration trying to describe what's going on? Just be like, the fish just people be- are swimming underwater. That one does a backstroke. <laughs> These two are dancing, I guess. It's it's weird. It's hard. It's hard to explain. Um, they appear to be synchronized. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's I, insane. I'd, like I'd give it an eight. <laughs> was fine i don't know i'd go 7.5 that guy wasn't really putting his back into it he wasn't really there russia gave it a four (laughs) of course they did (laughs) (laughs) so so that happens and it's the weirdest thing ever um (laughs) then we cut back to zaroff posturing and being like you guys have not stopped me i'm still gonna blow up the world it's it's awesome. Don't worry about it. And the doctor's like, Zoroff, you're so crazy. And Zoroff's like, no, I'm going to escape. Watch this. And the doctor's like, eh, I'm not going to. Doctor leaves. Zoroff fakes a stomach cramp. And while he's bent over, he licks his palms. <laughs> and, um, oh! and every- <laughs> oh, call, call back into a movie we've never discussed. Um, <laughs> So and 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 Polly starts freaking out like, oh, what's what's going on? Zaroff uses the opportunity to grab a staff, and and then he says, it may sound childish and stupid, but then so is Atlantis, and he stabs the guy. <laughs> he he fight, he wrestles with Ramo a bit, throws Ramo to the ground. They cut away for a second just to let Ramo roll out of the way. And Zaroff, literally, we have this medium shot of Zaroff. He grabs the spear and just shoves it into the ground. Presumably right through uh, Ramo's heart. Yep. And it's, every time I see it, I just go, oh! Ooh. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's kind of grisly. Uh, <laughs> so. So so that happens. And then we get a crazy runaround where Zoff just starts running, trying to chase down Polly. Jamie and Ben chase after her. Um <laughs> We get we get some random wrestling and fighting. Zoff manages to escape, and everyone's just like, Well, that whole thing was pointless. Because you can't reason with Zaroff. <clears throat> we get a random shot. I don't remember how this happens, so I'm just gonna give it completely out of context. Where a bunch of people walk through the 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 temple, and we get a shot of Jamie, the Doctor, and Ben with fish masks over their faces, like it's a masquerade or something. Just <laughs> watching people go 
Like as if as if that fools people because fish are just randomly in Atlantis like this. Um, yeah. And then uh, Sarf runs back to the mayor. He's like, "This is stupid. I I can't believe they tried to kill me. This and and all I'm trying to do is blow up the world." The mayor's like, "Oh my god, I was wrong." And Zarf's like, "No kidding." Pulls out a gun, shoots him in the fakest gunshot I've ever seen, ever because. It's literally like, he points the gun, there's an off-camera gunshot, there's no recoil on the gun, there's no smoke, bullet, anything comes out of the gun, because there's not. And then Zoff, the, the mayor goes down, and Zoff literally says, nothing in the world can stop me now, and we're done with episode three. And the craziest episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's pretty sensational. It is. It is. It it just it transcends so bad it's good. Like it's 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 incredible that that thing got put on television. Like it's it just, really is. Incredible. Yeah. Cuz it's it's just it's just unbelievable. Why was there 90 seconds of fish people dancing? It was 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's a it didn't really even long time. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. It's like I don't like you can like someone watch that and tell me what's happening. It's like the fish people rebelling, but they're rebelling like it's footloose and they're dancing or something. Like it's so weird. It's like underwater fi- footloose. It's it's bizarre. Um so apparently <laughs> he just he walks up to the edge and he, into the edge of the of the water where the fish people are and he's like the Atlanteans said you couldn't dance. Well, I say dance. <laughs> oh, this story needs a riff tracks. This story needs a riff tracks so bad. Oh, oh, man. So we come back. The doctor's like, well, that rebellion thing didn't work and capturing Zoff didn't work, so we're just going to have to blow up Atlantis. Um, yeah, that's is... all. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> thing he says like it's just like we're gonna have to sink atlantis it's over (laughs) we've done this (laughs) so he's like jamie you and polly climb to the surface and we get an entire episode of jamie and polly traversing dangerous caves as atlantis starts to flood um (laughs) going all the way up to the top why is this important i'll tell you in just a minute uh the doctor and ben are like we have to go stop zara from blowing up the world Despite the fact that Zaroff thinks nothing in the world can stop him now. Um, <laughs> and so they go visit Zaroff. Zaroff's just like, LOL, you guys, I'm blowing up the world. <laughs> and the doctor's like, I can't let you do that. And Zaroff's like, ah, he drops a cage. Please, like he literally, please can we start a Tumblr that's LOL Zaroff? <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get behind that. <laughs> LOL Um... Oh, man. uh, Nothing in the world can stop me now, LOL. It will be magnificent. (laughs) Ow, it hurt. Um, So, Zaroff locks himself in with all his machinery uh, while Atlantis is being evacuated, and he's like, I'm going to blow up the world. And the the doctor's like, wait, what's this? And manages to trick Zaroff into... I don't remember how this happens. He tricks Zaroff into leaving the cage. And then 
Ben manages to shut the cage with Zaroff on the outside of it. Now Zaroff can't blow off the world. And he's like, no! And he starts trying to open the cage. The Doctor and Ben are like, alright, our work here is done. And they leave. Leaving Zaroff to die. Um, the Doctor's like, wait, maybe we shouldn't leave Zaroff to die? And Ben's like, nah, fuck it, who cares? Um, <laughs> and so they leave. Sorry for the swearing. But it worked. Um, so they climb to the top. Atlantis sinks. Zarf drowns. Why the again? Those clips exist um, because they were censored out. Which I, I mean, I love that sequence. Anytime there's water in anything, I really like because water is not a sort of thing you see in anything ever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I love I love watching Zarf die because it's pretty epic um, <laughs> and kind of dark. Uh, the Doctor and Jamie, uh, not Jamie. The Doctor and Ben climb to the climb out of the cave. Ben and Polly arrive at the surface. They're like, OMG, where's the doctor? And they're just like, oh, he's dead. Oh, well, we're in trouble now, and we're stuck here. And <laughs> and then the doctor and Jamie show up. They're like, no, guys, we're here. And they're like, oh, great. They get in the TARDIS. They fly away. And that's the end of the story. Yep. Um, why? <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that Ben and... Uh, not Ben and Polly. Jamie and Polly literally spend the entire episode trying to get to the surface, and Ben and, and Ben and the Doctor do it in about, you know, half a minute. Um, I just, like, I just think that's ridiculous. Um, and Atlantis is sunk forever and ever. And then the Doctor and Jamie and Polly and Ben go off to the moon base, which we'll talk about eventually or something. I don't know. Uh, and that's, that's the Underwater Menace. Uh, I boy, think the Underwater Menace was... <laughs> what? I said, boy, was it. Yeah, I think those 90 seconds uh, were the Underwater Menace. Really. <laughs> I think so. I'd... I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> why... The, like, none of this story took place underwater except that one thing. It's not even like there's, like, evil crabs or anything. Like, they're just... It's just that the fish people. It's mm-hmm. a weird choice for a story name. Uh... So there it is, and I kind of love it just because like it's so bad it's good. Like yeah. you just you have to you just, like you can't even watch it with a critical eye. Like that just goes out the window. Uh, None of it makes any sense. No, no. Literally, when you go from the doctor saying we have to get the fish people to rebel, and then in the next episode says like screw it, let's just blow up Atlantis. I mean, <laughs> forget it. Just throw it all out the window and just have a good time uh... watching everything and making fun of it. Like that's just this episode. Yep. So, yep. There it is. All right. Uh, well, before we wrap it up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, basically anything you can get at your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay $6.25 in flat rate shipping. This month, you can pre-order up to five free comic book day items, including a hardcover from Arkea Press. That's free. That's free stuff. Five free comic book day stuff. Uh, free comic book day is May seventh, I believe, this year. Um, and you can pre-order five of the free comic book day items through DCBS. Uh, maybe there's some stuff that. Maybe you have a local comic book shop that you plan on going to, but you don't think you're going to be get, able to get everything because they usually have like a limit of like two or three items at a, at a local store. So, you know, p- 
plan out your uh, your free comics and and plan out five that you're not going to get at your local comic book shop. Pre-order them at DCBService.com. And uh, while you're there, pick up the Vertigo Number Ones bundle. Um, four new Vertigo Number Ones. Okay, four new books, number one issues, haven't been released yet. Four new Vertigos. Some one of these could be like a new classic, and I'm pretty sure Saucer Country is going to be one of them. Um, and you can get all four and try out these new Vertigo series for two dollars and ninety nine cents. For all four of them. That's not each. That's four for two ninety nine. And if that's all you get, shipping is only going to cost you $3. So thanks to DCBService.com. Go there and order some comic books. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So next week we've got David Tennant and the girl in the fireplace. <laughs> which, which everyone and their mother has seen. Yep. Um, so there's no reason not to watch and listen and enjoy. Yep. Very interesting to revisit that one. Yep. Interested. I'm down. Yep. Uh, so look for that coming up in a week. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on these internet things? Well, you can find me on the internets at twitter.com slash gungadin. Uh, you can also find me at my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where we do stuff like Sunday Trek, which is live tweeting uh, classic Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Star Trek. Look for that to return <clears throat> pretty soon. Uh, I just close I closer to the end of the month. Yeah, because let's let's be honest, now is not a good time for me. Just now is not a good time. Um, uh, so look for that to return. Also, my blog, classicalgalifey.blogspot.com, where I review classic Doctor Who stories. This past week, I reviewed the Colony in Space, and my God, was it wonderful! I know that because I've already started blogging it. This is how far in advance we're doing it. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about the story I blogged last week, and I haven't I haven't started it yet. Um, that's okay. It's not due till tomorrow. Uh, so look for that. I don't even know what's coming up after that. Oh, Planet of the Giants, which is fun. I love Planet of the Giants. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, check that out. Also, Mind Robbers, which should be up by now-ish. If not, it's coming very, very soon, uh, where we talk about cool things. Look for Scott and my talk on the best movies of 2011, and a big, long discussion with all of the movies. And when we say all of the movies, we're a lot closer (laughs) to all of the movies than not that many. So... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look for that like seven hour monstrosity. I'm just kidding. It's not seven hours. Um, it might be. We don't know. We haven't recorded. It I, yet. I I don't know. We haven't recorded it. But my god, my god, that's gonna be a hell of a show. Um. So uh, look for that. Uh, that's about it. Uh, look for cool things in the future. Uh, also coming up for the for the podcast, just to remind you, next week again, girl in the fireplace. Then we're doing the Dalek invasion of Earth, which. That's gonna be fun, and then uh, we're going doing some more Robert Holmes, The Ark in Space. Who doesn't love The Ark in Space? So. I think I'm gonna go ahead and blind buy uh, Dalek Invasion. It's good. It's yeah, really I think good. I'm gonna go ahead and blind buy that because I need a Hartnell story. Yeah, that's good. And then I think I'm if I had to pick like my Hartnell stories, I think would be like Dalek Invasion of Earth and. Uh, Oh gosh, the romance is good. Time meddler's good, but also web planet. Like web planet is 
amazing in my opinion yeah uh it's just such a masterful like it's such a it like the, the web planet is such an enchanting story for me like it's just the magic of television in so many ways yeah uh you'll like the dalek invasion of is Bates, clause right? of access is that that's not out right no oh, that's out it is out it is out oh okay written by bob baker and dave martin oh those guys yeah, it's lie. actually. I think it's their best story. Oh, which, okay. I mean, that's not, that's something. Uh, no, no, no. Hand of Fear is their best story. It's one of their stronger uh-huh. stories. It's their first story, so they kind of throw a lot at it. And it was my first Pertwee story. It's a good one. That's coming up after Ark in Space, so look for that. Right. It'll be fun. We have some good stuff coming up, you guys. Like some really good stuff. Yeah, we've got two Third Doctor Master stories in a row. Yeah, in terms of uh, Third Doctor Master, well, I mean, you can't... <laughs> Half of Pertwee's stories involve him versus the Master. I mean, it's really hard to to skip out on them. <laughs> Believe me. So Well, that's okay, case. because I like Delgado. Delgado is good. And him in Claws of Axos is pretty great. Awesome. I really like him in Axos. I can't wait to get there. Yeah. So, Scott, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I'm on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. I do the commentary thing like you, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary. And uh, you already mentioned everything else, so there you go. I'm an overachiever. You are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. The Mind Robbers. You guys should listen to that. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. We, even, like, we even know what we're doing for the rest of the month, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not indicative of the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, be fun. we will. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with uh, the girl in the fireplace. Woo! Bye, Bye. guys.